Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Resilient, we're gonna find a way to win. They freaking came out and they fought us, but we fought harder. And we went and got the win. How about that team? How about that team that fought their ass off out there? How about that team that had each other's back for 60 minutes? And guess what? We needed all those 60 minutes. Hey, we did not have a heartbreaker. <laughs> oh! Some of the victory celebrations from Sunday, the 11th Sunday of the 2023 regular season. Good morning. It's PFT Live, Peacock Series XM85, Sky Sports NFL, whenever they choose to play us there, if they ever choose to play us there, and podcast, if you ever choose to play it, whenever and wherever you choose to play it. He's Chris Sims. I'm Mike Florian. Hey, hey. Okay, so we, we, we'll get to football. We'll get to we'll football. Get to football. Sure. I just have an etiquette question yeah, for you. Right. Okay, a hypo- not a hypothetical, what actually happened. Yeah. Multiple nights stay at a hotel. Right. You leave a tip for the cleaning crew. Mm-hmm. You come back. Right. The tip is still there. Wow. Do you say, hey, had your chance, <laughs> or do you leave it and then add more to it the next day? What do you do? Oh, you're saying on the se- – okay, okay. I was like, wait, you left that tip there the last time you were no, here? It no, still there? We, no. Like, no, multiple nights. Room. Multiple nights. Got you. Saturday night. Right. Spe- you know, yeah, let, right. put and made it clear. Right. My wife will like leave this note, and it's like you don't need to leave a note. Right. There's mon- There's nothing else. There's money sitting in a conspicuous spot yes. on a table as they walk in. You don't put it on the table though. Where do you put it? You put it on the pillow. You put oh. it on the bed. Well, I don't want the right pillow, to, pillow. But I don't want to put dirty money on the pillow. They're well, gonna. I'm okay, sleeping on that know, pillow. Well, like you're the right germaphobe. I, I yeah. You're right. I never really thought about it, but that's what I would usually do in that instance. But I right? but I come back and it's there. Okay. And I'm thinking, hey, sucks for you. Right. You didn't pick up the money. Well, if you I put left it on it the for counter. You. They think it's like you're left like your cash on the counter. It's there. folded out and open. Well, it's laying. That's there. That's dicey in 2023. Yeah. You need to make it a little. They think more I'm apparent. setting them up. They think it's a sting uh, operation. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you I don't took know. my twenty dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Or more. I was feeling generous. Right. I left more than twenty. I usually leave twenty. Well, I left did you more leave than it there 20. the second night? Well, that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking. Hey, man, I left it there for you, and you didn't take it. You really? don't want it. I'm keeping it. I think you should add to it. I think you I should. They, they gave you. They I gave did. You I struggled. They with were it. like, maybe they left this twenty here by accident. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Yeah. So that's like if they do that, like because they know they'll come back tomorrow. Because I'm sure whoever cleaned the room yesterday is going to be back today to see. Yeah. Was that for was me? That, yeah. Or was so, that you know him being a dummy? Yeah. yeah. I, I a pillow. Or like, you know, how you maybe pull down the covers just a little bit, like just leave it there. I don't want to put that dirty money on my bed. They should leave envelopes. They should yeah. leave envelopes. Or just, you know, what I really do is when I see them in the hallway or whatever, I just, I, that's when I get them, yeah. you know, and give them a little money then. That's what I at least try to do from time to time. 
All right, that uh, that was right, just bo- that was bothering me. Yeah, that was. Bo- I had I had a little ethical dilemma, and it reminds me of the first time my parents ever took me right to a restaurant. Yeah, and we sat down at the table, and the tip from the last table was still there. They hadn't taken it yet, and yeah. I thought, "Damn, they're paying us to eat here." <laughs> I didn't know. And then and then they brought out butter in a dish. With a scoop, like an ice cream scoop. Yeah, right. And it was sitting there. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying, how is that ice cream not melting? <laughs> so anyway, takes me back. All right. Uh, I will talk about anything today but the outcome of last night's game. Uh-oh. And I wasn't going to wear this, but you know what? I don't care. You're a good sport for hey, doing it. Well, it was either this or the George Pickens jersey that I spent $130 on at the airport store. You didn't want to wear a Steelers jersey? All that offense that you guys... They lost. <laughs> you guys they exploded. Lost. They exploded yeah. yesterday. Well, Jalen, it was Jalen Warren <laughs> right. and nobody else. We'll talk about that game coming yeah. up. Let's start with the Sunday night game. It was a good game, exciting game, down to the wire. Broncos-Vikings. Broncos win four in a row. They now have the longest winning streak in the National Football League. They are 5-5 five and five after a 1-5 and five start. After giving up 70 points in week three to the Miami Dolphins. Holy crap. First four-game winning streak since 2016, the year after they went to the Super Bowl. They haven't been to the playoffs since the year they went to the Super Bowl 2015. They scored their only touchdown with a minute and three left in the game. And that was a great drive. I mean, Russell Wilson's back. That was magic time He's there, back. For sure. No doubt. Escapability. Yeah. Quick decisions. That Samaj P. Ryan deal. He had three first downs, I believe, on that final drive. You know, when in doubt, flip it to Samaj P. Ryan. Make things happen with that your legs. That was a sweet That was the right fourth and three catch. play. The fourth and three play and the catch by Cortland Sutton that kept right. the drive alive. The drive was almost dead before it even got started. And once that catch was made and there's Samaj P. Ryan doing his thing, getting 10 yards, now you 17 knew you yards. Were like, well, yeah, now you're like, well, they got a legit chance to score a touchdown. Well, and you sure. just hope that. If you're a Vikings fan, you hope that there's an ability to defend the end zone. I mean, last night, the end zone was hard for either team yes, to really was. break they into. They did a good job defending this for a long time. And here. that throw, when he threw it, I thought... I went, uh-oh. I thought that, that it was getting picked. I did, too. I saw, the uh-oh. I looped. saw he threw it up in the air. I saw, you, you know, Blackman, uh, I believe. Yeah, Makai Blackman. Right? Sitting there, and I'm going, oh, he's got vision on it. You can see him at the top of the screen. Right, so when he throws it right here, you go, "Oh man, he's going to go up and get it." But it is Cortland Sutton, who's one of the bigger receivers in all of football, and Russ put it in a spot where it was going to make it hard on Blackman to go up and and you know beat Cortland Sutton to the ball or go through his body to at least break it up. Russell Wilson has thrown these optical illusion touchdown passes to Cortland Sutton twice yeah, since last weeks. Monday. Right. The one with the pirouette spin in Buffalo, where when he threw it, I thought, that's in the front row. Yeah. But he's got the right arc, the right angle, and it's deceiving when you look at it on TV. When he threw it, I thought, I, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's a pick, it's a pick, it's a pick. Ah, it happened so fast. It's like, he's, 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 ah, damn. <laughs> I know. But, but that's what you do, and you don't see that enough. People talk about red zone struggles all the time. The way to deal with red zone struggles is – Throw to your guy, right? Who or how? Yeah, to go get the that's ball. right. That's it's right. It's not about where you place it. You, it's a rebound at yeah, that point, right? And you know, give give your guy who is a great rebounder to your point or whatever, just a chance or give him a little bit of advantage. And I think the back, the fact that he kind of threw it behind Sutton just a little bit, not, not also throwing it up, but just a little bit behind him to protect him, that made it a little harder for Blackman as well. But I, I mean, I'm with you in the Russ thing. This has shades of of Russ with the Seahawks, you know, the last few weeks, where it's just hang around, make a play here or there, hang around. And this is what he used to do with Seattle. And you'd, he'd get the ball with a minute and 45 seconds left. And in a game where you felt like, hey, we kind of outplayed Russell Wilson and his football team, but here he is. He's got the ball late in the game, and we might lose. And, and in all honesty, Mike, you guys, your Vikings, you guys outplayed the Denver Broncos last night. I have no problem saying that I was nervous. I know I picked the Broncos. You picked the Vikings. From the get-go, I went, ooh, I don't like the way this looks. I think I made the wrong pick in this football game. The Vikings played better last night. I, I, I don't doubt that. But they let the Broncos hang around, hang around. Your team made a few mistakes here and there. And then Russell Magic came to fruition at the end. And uh, good for him. I really am happy for Russell Wilson who, you know, went through some tough times, didn't make excuses, 
continued to work, and Sean Payton's got him back on the right track. Well, there was the Alexander Madison fumble when it felt like the Vikings were in a position. It felt like about to take control of the game, like, right? It's just once you make it a two-score game, that game's over. But right. it never got to two-score. And when it was seventeen-nine, the Broncos just chipped and chipped and yes, chipped a couple right. of field goals, and right. then they scored that touchdown. And the Vikings still had a chance at the end, but the Broncos' pass rush harassing Joshua Dobbs to the point where he could not do anything. Couldn't no. get anything going. No. Had the intentional grounding, and then the fourth down play Pretty wasn't surprising. close. Yeah. Yeah. So You guys are traditionally, I mean, one of the better pass-protecting teams in football. What we're seeing with Denver and why they got rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark is they really believe in these young pass rushers. I know we've talked about them a little bit. I'm a huge fan of Barrett Browning, uh, Jonathan Cooper, right? And then uh, and uh, Bonito right there at 42. So they got some guys that are extremely athletic, uh, athletic and explosive to get after the quarterback. And, you know, the few times Dobbs did get out, you know, he turned and made a few plays running running with his legs, but they ran him down for the most part. But I think, like, the bottom line, Mike, is what you just kind of alluded to. The mistakes the, the Vikings made, whether it was the first third down of the game and they got a little too cute and did the toss sweep to the quarterback with the tight end playing quarterback, right? Fumble there. That led to three points to the Denver Broncos. But that should have been – that should have been – a flag. Uh, yeah, Green right. Jackson I got you. I got you. And he will get suspended. Today. I would think that he yes. will be suspended. I would think today. that's it for the year for him, honestly. He just I don't came know back if he's going to be a three game suspension. But just back, it, was, it ended up being two. It was four reduced to two. I, I thought think. it was. I thought it was. Or more five than reduced that. to three. Yeah, I thought it was I'm four wrong. reduced to two. Okay. okay. Four okay. reduced to two. Right. Came back for this one. Head hunting immediately, or at least head leading using the, immediately. Yeah, leading with the crown of the helmet. And could have been ejected, maybe should have been ejected, will be suspended. For, and they'll, uh, yeah, it, he'll be. He went. He went. He did exactly what the what rule he's that been they passed doing. in 2018 right. tells you. You can't do. You can't lower your head to make forcible contact with an opponent. His history will hurt him there, and uh, that's all we'll see of Kareem Jackson for a while. That was the Alexander Madison fumble. Three turnovers for the Vikings. That another big moment. All your turnovers. You know, the getting cute on the first third down. Right, this right here, this is going to lead to points for the for the Denver Broncos. And then, as you alluded to it, the the Madison drive where you felt like, wow, Minnesota's marching down the field. They're about to go up two scores, like you said. Madison gets the ball up the middle and fumbles that. No, those were. I, I know all turnovers are big, but turnovers that lead to immediate points to the other team that takes on another. You know, a whole different well, level of of, of uh, turning the ball over there. And and you guys are good, but not good enough to overcome that. And it's keeping the game from getting to the point where it feels out of hand. No, or you, yes. If exactly. it had gone 20 to nine or 24 to nine on that drive, the Madison drive, then it's basically over at that point. Sure. You're into one dimensional offense. Right. It makes it Flores easier for the defense. Even crazier on that side of the yeah, ball, right? Yeah. Just pass rush. The the Broncos' pass pass protection is not something that's real great, you know. As of right now, that's still kind of a work in progress there. But yeah, I think all signs point to that that'll be one where you know your Minnesota Vikings will go and watch the film and be sick sick with themselves tomorrow. They will, but nonetheless, Broncos, like you said, big winning streak, have gotten a lot of their issues straightened. I mean, you want to talk about a rough start to the year. That's where you got to give Sean Payton a lot of credit, whether, hey, he needed to put a sock in his mouth about the whole Nathaniel Hackett thing and cause a distraction for his football team there, the pressure of Russell Wilson and all that was surrounding that, the contract, will they get along? Then the 70-20, to 20, get your butt whooped by the Miami Dolphins, and here they are, 5-5. Five and five. I mean, that is a testament to Sean Payton, Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, for writing the ship on that side of the ball, and Russell Wilson for just keep working. It hasn't been pretty, but you know, slowly but surely, he's taking care of the ball and making some big plays and big moments. In the last couple of weeks, I mean, since last Monday, they have two wins against... Good teams. Playoff teams right now. And it's Russell or Wilson one of them. making it happen. Right. In large part. The defense stepping up when it needs to. Samaj P. Ryan providing a great outlet for Russell Wilson when there's nothing down the field. Cortland Sutton developing into that go-to target. And Russell Wilson throwing those optical illusion balls that like, what, what, what? Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. And it, it is amazing to see how far it's come because early on in the season – you know, we're looking at Russell Wilson's contract. Like, when do they rip the Band-Aid off? When do they move on from this guy? And now it's working. Now, they still have a lot to do to get themselves in playoff position right. because there's such a cluster of teams in the AFC. But when you look at the Jets, 
falling off, the Chargers falling off, the Raiders losing yesterday, the Bengals with their injury issue to Joe Burrow. A path is opening up yeah, sure. for one of these teams. And you know what? At the end of the day, it could be last Monday night's game is the tiebreaker between the Bills and the Broncos to get Denver in and Buffalo out. A lot of football to go. Yeah, a lot of football. But those head-to-head matchups become critical now because they're going to be the things we may be looking at later when we figure out who's in and who's out. Here's, here's Sean Payton, the Broncos head coach, on the confidence level of his team right now after starting 1-5 and five but winning four in a row. You, you gain confidence, and it has to be gained through uh, demonstrated ability. And so it's nice to feel that in this locker room right now. It's nice to feel that, um, that momentum. And, there, you know, there's nothing like it. Like, you know, there's nothing like winning. Um, you know, you hear the music, and it, it's like it's hard to explain. I mean, it's – and then there's a part of it is, and I'm going to say this, after you've done it a while, there's an element of – relief that you don't have to deal with like misery for a week (laughs) if that makes sense um so it's like one extreme to the other reminds me of what his mentor bill parcell said the reason he finally quit is because it hurt worse to lose than it felt good to win yeah i i think that's a very real thing you know with, with coaches especially you know, it's it's hey, they're they're in charge of the ship, and you lose a football game, you you know, you feel like the whole world's crumbling on crumbling in on you in a in a facility, a team facility. You know, and I think at a place like that, yeah, he's got great expectations for himself. He's got an ownership group that expects things to turn around. They're paying him big money, right? We talked about the Russell Wilson situation. You know, and yeah, it's it's the win is a little bit like, hey, we, we should have win. You lose and you go, man, how the hell did we lose that? Yeah. I can't believe we lost that, right? And it just torments you throughout the week, especially great competitors like Sean Payton. And, and I can relate to that in one way. When I used to practice law, when I got started, the sound of the jury knocking on the door with a verdict was this source of wonder and awe. Like, this is the culmination of this process, right. the adversarial right. system that We're pits here. one side against the other right. Right. in the search and pursuit of justice. And it all comes down to what that jury decides. And when you hear it, you can hear it. You hear bang, bang, bang. It used to be like, yeah, all right, let's go, let's go. And I'll tell you this. I won more than I lost. Whenever you see, like, in a movie or TV show, oh, they won all those cases. Anybody that's won all their cases has never tried many cases because – it's close, it's rough, it's tough. Sure. And the ones that are you know, the ones that are obvious settle. The ones that really are close and you never know what's gonna happen. You yeah. never know what's gonna happen. You sure. flip a coin and you never know what's gonna happen. It has nothing to do with you, hey, you did a great job, I just didn't believe in your case. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. Oh, great job. Yeah. Of course they may have been lying. I just didn't believe in your case. But I got to the point where that knock would make me physically ill. Yeah. Physically ill. It went from being in a seven to eight year period awe and wonder to oh, my God, I can't do this again. I, I just can't do this. I, I just feel like I'm going to melt right here. So it's kind of, you know, it's, yeah, that, it's that extreme, and it you know is. it's coming. Right. You're either going to be thrilled yeah. or you're going to be pissed. Yeah. And you're bracing yourself early on in my career. I'm, th- I'm, I'm like, looking forward to the, yeah, and then you get to the point where you're just bracing the, ugh. And that's kind of where Peyton, I think that's where Peyton is. He's constantly is. Yeah. bracing for the week of misery. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the, the week is so hard for an NFL, NFL head coach. The preparation, the hours they put in, you know, the little nooks and crannies they look at to try to gain an advantage, and that's what Sean Payton does. And he works hard. He's he's definitely a grinder and somebody that lives it and is like, hey, we're going to hang here and, you know, we're going to watch some more film at 1030 at night and we're going to keep going through this and see if we can do anything there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. It really has. He's done a phenomenal job with Russell Wilson. And then what's your final report on Dobbs on that side of the ball there after last night? It was good, right? Made some plays, missed a few throws, certainly, you know, in the second half, I thought, right? Uh, but still on the right track and well, still positive for where he's, you know, the situation he's in. If you give the guy protection, yeah. he can make things happen. And I think part of it, too, he finally faced an opponent that knew how to pen him in a little bit yeah. and yeah. not let him get out of the pocket right. and do things there. That touchdown pass to start the game 
where he got hit high. It had shades of Randall Cunningham. From I the hear 80s. you. You're right. You know, you get hit there at the yeah. sidelines. Kind of the same spot Randall Cunningham it was. was. He got and hit Carl low Banks. though and bounced, bounced off. Up. Up. Yeah, he put his hand down and popped. But back same up. idea. Yeah. But you know, you, you you got a shot. You got a clear shot at him. You should get him on the ground. Right. And the guy falls off and he's like, "Hey, I'm fine. Quick touchdown." That was when you said, "I'm regret my pick." Yes. Right well, after that I, play, I, I didn't like. like I didn't pick. like the way the game looked at that point. I just went, "Wow, things look really hard for the Denver Broncos." And Minnesota, it looks like uh, they're kind of moving the ball here pretty easily. And and that was a phenomenal play by Josh Dobbs. It goes to the point that I think a lot of people are surprised to hear, and Rodney Harrison brought it up, right, during the, the pregame. The fact that Josh Dobbs is a much bigger human being than people realize. Right, he's an, another one that's it's what it's close to six four, if not six four. It's around two hundred and twenty pounds. He shrugged off that arm tackle, kept his balance, made a nice little play, and then the running continues to be a weapon for him. You know whether that's through. I thought we'd see more quarterback design runs last night, honestly, uh, but does a great job scrambling. And for the most part, yeah, he was good decision maker. Not a high high level thrower of the football, and I think that's the reason he's been on a few different teams here. But because he's played so much over the last few years, he's actually getting a lot better in that department as well at one point last night Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth showed a graphic that had the probability of making the playoffs for both teams win and lose last night and for the Vikings what was it it was 94 if they win and 80 if they lose so they're still fine for the Broncos it went from like something in the 20s 28 or 24 to 11 so the Broncos really needed that one worse than the Vikings and the Vikings go home to face the Bears next Monday night. Then they've got their bye. They've got the Raiders at the Bengals. That game has a different vibe now than it did. Then it's Lions, Packers, Lions to finish the season. So the Vikings can still keep winning games. And the challenge is to take yesterday's adversity, learn from it, and incorporate it into whatever they're doing going forward and try to keep winning. And also, ultimately, prepare yourself for what would come if you make it to the postseason, which is 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Cowboys, the best of the best teams. We've seen that now. With the Seahawks losing to the Rams yesterday and being swept by them, they're kind and now and they're coming up against their 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles gauntlet. They're gonna be they may not even make it, frankly. Oh, they 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 we could wake up in four weeks and go Seattle's six and seven. Yeah, right. I mean, definitely. There's no doubt about that. So it's Cowboys, Eagles, Forty Nine ers, Lions, and then it's everybody else. And the Vikings are the, I'd say, the best of everybody else. But where can they compete in January with those teams? And and I think that's yeah, you got to win games to get there. But that's ultimately what they're. They, they need to be shooting for preparing themselves to even I try think, yeah. to compete yeah. with those teams. Yeah, I, listen, I think there's a lot of things to point out, and we talked about this a few weeks ago when they were still a losing record, that there was things about the team that we felt, right, translated to they have a better chance to win a playoff game this year than I felt like yeah. they did last year. Uh, they are getting better at running the football. Dobbs, if he can continue to play at this level with O'Connell's, you know, how he sets up game plans, and then Flores in the defense – Hey, run game defense that usually travels pretty good in 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 the uh, in the playoffs, and then you add a, a good play caller to have Kevin O'Connell in the mix there. Yeah, I'm certainly not counting Minnesota out of the playoff conversation for sure. And you know the way they play on both sides of the ball, they put a lot of pressure on you, and they are certainly capable of pulling off an upset in, in a in a wild card round. One of the teams I mentioned in the Vikings division and. Uh, taking on some traits of the Kansas City Chiefs and playing with their food and and needed the Heimlich maneuver yesterday, frankly, to pull off the win over the Bears. Down 12 points with four minutes left, 26 to 14. The Lions pull it out. They get the win. You know, this is a celebratory week for the Lions. They come home against two of their rivals, Sunday the Bears, Thursday the Packers, Thanksgiving game. For the first time in years, the Lions are relevant. It, it makes Thanksgiving better. They're not the Washington Generals on Thanksgiving. They're the Globetrotters on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And here come the Packers playing the role of the Washington Generals. But you still got to take care of business. And for a long time yesterday, they didn't. And, you know, one of the risks for the Lions is you get this stretch of games where you should win, you should win, you should win, and you win, and you win, and you win. But if you don't find some fights, yeah, it's kind of beneficial, yeah, to for be them in some to dog fights. to, to yeah. be in because that'll prepare them for what's to come. Because it's a far cry the Bears rolling in from the 49ers or the Eagles or the Cowboys coming to town, and they'll see the Cowboys 
week 17 in their building. But if they end up with the one seed, they got to be ready to hold serve when everyone's saying how great you are and let's go do this. Yesterday, I think, is a reminder to them that for as good as they are, they still have to earn it. Yeah, week in and can't week fall out. asleep at the wheel, right? That, that's the big thing. Uh, the, the, they were the better team on the field yesterday. Uh, the, there's no doubt about that. There's some things to be concerned about. Again, their defense, right? Uh, Justin Fields, the Bears, they ran all over the Detroit Lions offense. Fields made some big plays in the pass game. I think the defense is what I question in Detroit more than anything. Is there enough high-level, big-time talent there? Now, the, I, I, I do believe, for the most part, they're a pretty good run-stopping defense. But, you know, pass rushers, there's nobody elite there other than Aiden Hutchinson. We kind of talk about this lack of, like, blue-chip talent, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. That's what, that's what worries me about Detroit. They don't really want to play man-to-man when they do play man-to-man. DJ Moore goes on a deep post for a touchdown, and Justin Fields hits him. You know, that's not the kind of team they are that way. But nonetheless... Uh, they didn't play their best football yesterday, and they still find a way to win the game and battle back late in the football game, especially Jared Goff. I mean, the Bears never really you felt like they were never going to stop Detroit all day long. And you know, the Detroit was 8 for 11 on third downs and had four turnovers nonetheless, as we know. But the three interceptions were, were bad by Jared Goff. But I give him credit and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, they just kept firing away. And then here they are. It's 26-14. And Jared Goff goes, man, I got Jamison Williams. He's got three rockets up his ass. Let me throw it to the deep corner. Touchdown. And all of a sudden you're going, "Uh uh-oh, the pressure's on Chicago's offense. And they run it twice in completion on third down. And here we go. Detroit gets the ball back. And they march right down the freaking football field. And then Aiden Hutchinson gets the strip sack to close it out. Detroit wins. They got that that late game magic about them. It is them. amazing how yeah. quickly it all happened. Right? It felt like the Bears were going to hold on. Felt like win. they were in control. Yeah. Jared Goff with the three interceptions though, and there was a fourth one that Jalen Johnson should have taken to Pick the house, six. like ninety-five yards. Ended right? up in a touchdown for Detroit. Yeah, right. that that was a huge moment. But Goff overcame the miscues. Let's hear from Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, on the ability of Goff to overcome those three turnovers you see on the screen. It speaks volumes, you know. He doesn't have his best game, uh, but but it's, it's really when you needed him most in a two-minute drive at the end of half, that was pretty big. Uh, and then at the end of the game, down two scores, uh, that's when he's at his best in a game that he's not playing his best game. I think that speaks volumes. So he here's what we know about Goff. Um, it... At the very least, he's going to be mentally tough uh, and physically tough. And, and uh, you can always count on that. You can bank on that. And today, um, he showed his resiliency, you know. And when we needed those plays, um, man, he showed up in no huddle mode. It was awesome. Yeah, you got to forget about the mistakes or they're only going to get worse. They're going to keep happening. If you obsess over it and obsess over it, you just got to move on and forget about it. And that showed growth and maturity from Jared Goff. And he's been through a lot. He's been fired by the Rams. No doubt. He was fired. They gave away a first-round pick to get rid of him. They didn't just cut him. They had to attach. Remember the old thing they'd say, oh, it, yeah, they, the insult to the kid, oh, you're so ugly. They had to put a pork chop around your neck to get the dog <laughs> to play dog with you. Like they had it, to yeah. put a first-round right. pick around Jared Goff's right. neck to get the Lions to take him. Right. I, it's, it's amazing. And it's a lot like we talked about a little bit with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, right? The rewiring of Russ or whatever. You know, this group right here, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, Mark Brunel, the quarterback coach. I think it was the perfect trio to kind of, you know, like we talk about, put the poker to Jared Goff's butt a little bit, you know, get him going. You know, got him to play a more fearless style of football ever since he's come from the Rams to, to Detroit. You know, that's the thing I respect about him. This is a, a bad interception, you know, early on in the football game. There's the pick six that you talk about with Jalen Johnson dropping. Again, Jared Goff's been great at taking care of the football for the most part. But uh, yesterday was not his best day. But it didn't stop him from standing in the pocket, hanging in there against the pass rush, and making big throws. And then, of course, with Detroit, with the way they play and how good their offensive line is, you can't ever disrespect the run. So he gets so many good beneficial looks on the pass game and yeah, made some big plays. With those mistakes, you know, of course, Chicago gave Chicago a great advantage, and they're going to be sick that they didn't pull this one out. You know, Even after, the, after their first interception, uh, Trenton Scott, the receiver, number 13, he fumbles. He missed an opportunity to catch the go route. 
remember late in the football game where we all felt like he kind of slowed up and then just fell like a to the hitch, left? like right. a little hitch. If we right. have that, because that was a that gutsy was a big move. moment, right? The, the Bears feel their lead slipping away. Yep. It's third and nine, and Justin Fields uncorks the deep ball. You dial up the deep ball in that moment. Holy crap! That's what makes a team that basically isn't playing for that makes them dangerous. So dangerous. Exactly. They'll do whatever. Uh, who James cares? Winston Let's take time. a shot. Right. Right. And and yeah, it, it's just when you, and that just shows you how physically difficult it is to run full speed and do anything other than run full speed. You're running full speed and you're moving your head looking backward, up, right. trying yep. to adjust to the ball while you're still running full yep. speed. And it doesn't take much to throw you off. And this isn't that, it here, but this is a great throw here by Justin Fields to DJ Moore, right? Oh, I mean, Justin Fields, you know, the Bears really do have something to think right? about. Didn't I, I said this last night a little bit. We were talking about it. Well, and, and look, here's the problem. Yeah. If you draft a quarterback with either the Panthers pick that they gave to you because they went all in to get Bryce Young, and they're going to possibly be the team drafting first, or your own pick if you end up being the team, or whatever, you do, whatever, however you choose to do it, you take a quarterback with one of those top picks. If it's one and three, one and five, whatever. There's no guarantee the guy's going to be good. Yeah. Just look at Bryce Young. Right. And now Bryce Young may turn out to be great, but... Every quarterback entering the draft is unproven, and no one knows if he's going to be able to step up or if he's going to step off. And being the first overall pick is just another one of the factors that adds to the pressure sure. and the stress. Right. And is this guy going to be able to deal with that? Is he going to be able to fulfill the potential? And just like the narrative for Bryce Young, they gave up all that stuff to get him to move from 9 to 1. It just adds to the pressure. Well, if the Bears would trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback, everybody in Chicago, yeah. hey, we gave up Justin Fields for this right, guy. Right. Go out there and yeah. be better than him right now. Right. First week, right. let's go. Yeah. And I think that teams don't do enough. This is what I love about the sport. There's a lot of real-world relatable, transferable factors we all deal with in our lives, in our organizations, in our workplaces, in our schools, that I just think get ignored. Right. They get so caught up in how, how quickly the guy gets out of his break and all that, you know, the football stuff that, yeah. that is useful. Sure. But at the end of the day, I don't think they ever step back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we really want to put that on Drake May? Yeah. Do we want to put that on Caleb Williams right. to come in here and be the guy to replace a guy who, who was – Looking pretty damn good yeah. down the yeah. stretch. So yeah. I think they just need to ride it out and see where this season goes. But there's something to be said for holding on to a lottery ticket that is a winner instead of saying, here you go, give me I another. hope I win more. I right. hope I, yeah, I hope yeah. I, I get a better ticket right. this time, yeah. but there's a chance I'm going to get a worse one. That, 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 that to me, and, and listen, I said Trenton Scott. I meant Tyler Scott. That was 13 who we were talking about, so I misspoke there and, and the name there. But either way, yeah, with Justin Fields, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Right? There seems to be a thought throughout the NFL that really Justin Fields and his time in Chicago is done. Okay, you know, you heard me in the off season. I was told by some people that I really trust in the NFL that they felt like if Bryce Young was taller, that they would have drafted him and traded Justin Fields. So that's out there. So and that's not just out there from nowhere. There's obviously been some discussions in Chicago about the future. I'm not in the building with Justin Fields. I don't know what he's like on a day to day basis in the meeting room as a leader or whatever. But what I do see on the field fits to your point. A guy that's continuing to go on an upward trajectory, right? He's still the best running quarterback in football. Showed that again yesterday with running for over 100 yards. Scrambles and quarterback design runs. And then the passing, it's not exactly where you want it yet, but it has gotten better. And it's getting better to the point where you're going, man, every time he's out in the field, he's making a few wow or splash throws to help them win a football game or make the game competitive. So it's intriguing that way. And that's where I think the whole thing is going to be interesting here because, like you're talking about, it's still a guy with some big-time talent. It's not perfect. I get it. But it, you don't just you know, throw that away for nothing or take a shot in the dark. You've got to be pretty confident that the guy you're going to draft to replace him better be special because, like you said, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the situation. I'll, I'll be interested to see. Like, there's still seven games left here, so we'll see how it goes. And this is year three. Yeah. They have to decide by May whether to pick up the fifth-year option. Yep, right. They get signed to a long-term deal. 
they could maybe try to do a reasonable deal, buy some time, give them a couple years. You know, but the problem is, and I'm not saying it's bad. This is just the way it is. Look at Daniel Jones he gets his contract. Ah, I want one year. Ah, get rid of him. Like it's so yes, roller coasterish. Definitely, it's so high, low, up, down, and when you're down, they want you out. I think the whole thing with the Bears is going to be interesting altogether. You know, all of them. You know, I I don't. I wouldn't. I I would hope they don't fire the current crew that's there. But again, I think that's teetering too right. with where the way they've looked and, and I think some decisions that were made early on in the football season. But I also want to go, wait, the group they got there, Matt Eberflus, and we know they didn't spend money last year deliberately. This is the first year they put money into free agency and trying to flip over the team. So I don't think any of us expected big-time results there in Chicago. I certainly didn't. Uh, so I, I'd be shocked if they got they fired the regime there. But, yeah, they got a, a few things that the, certainly the organizations have to think about. There's enough that's gone wrong yeah. that if they want to do it, yeah. they can Nobody's find gonna it. Nobody's going to be like, oh, wow, that's find crazy. It. Chase right. Claypool, right. that's exhibit A. Sure. The, the lack of wins. Yeah. Just, you you know, you can you can start ticking them off. Some of the stuff and, that happened this year. Right. And, yeah, the, the weird things with the, the Allen Williams yeah. and whatever that was. Right. Kevin Warren was hired to basically – run the team mm-hmm. one step below ownership since the hiring of Ryan Poles as GM and Matt Eberflus as head coach. And it's like any other time there's a new owner, there's a new high-level person, they are going to want people beneath them that they're more comfortable with, that they know, that they've hired, that they've vetted, that they've worked with. Those are the real factors that come into play here. So the Bears need to get some wins and they're in prime time next monday night they go to minnesota and throw a wrench in minnesota's push to the That'd playoffs dangerous. that's a dangerous that's a game. that's a, a feather in their cap yeah in chicago yeah so um by the way before we go to break what? i am getting i'm getting feedback from people telling me what i need to do with my tips like you know leave a note well yeah. I, that's the thing i don't want to leave a note i'd like to think that if you put it on the table in a yeah. conspicuous spot right you, know, you say can't hide money. Apparently, you can hide money in plain sight. You put it there, nobody will touch it. All right, so note, I, I'm telling you. I'm not putting it game, anywhere near my bed. You, I, I love how you won't put cash on a pillow that's barely going to be touching the pillow, but you let your dog at home sit on your pillow after who knows what she's rolled it outside and done whatever. I know what she's rolled And you just rolling. go, oh, you do, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, there's a lot of crap out there. That's what she's rolling <laughs> in, okay? She's, and that's on your pillow. She's you rolled in roses with that. and flour. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, there's uh, plenty of deer. There's plenty of piles of deer pellets <laughs> oh, out there you. that yeah, I think yeah, she yeah. likes to eat. Yeah. Oh, and great, great. Yeah, light, go on. But you have no problem with her on um, your bed. That's okay. It's my dog. I make an exception. She sticks her tongue out and likes me no matter what. I have no I have no emotional attachment to portraits of Andrew. Jackson. Um, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, if I go back on Saturday yeah. and they hand me an envelope with my tip money and say, you left this in your room, I'm going to lose my freaking You'd be mind. Like, Only in Greenwich. <laughs> Only in Greenwich does the hotel give you money back. Uh, that would make sense, actually. All right. Let's take a break. When we return, the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson, can they get it done? Oh, yes. They can. Vikings lose. Steelers lose. Shut up. Yes. We'll be right back. Eat it, Florio. Eat it. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. 
Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. One of the one of the recurring dreams I had, oh my god, which <laughs> I think underscores my true sickness in life. Yeah. I was in my dream writing a story about where Joe Flacco was going to play this year wow. because there's no spot for him. Hey. Anymore. Nothing where's boils the blood and gets a dream going like, where's Joe Flacco going to play in 2023? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I had completely forgotten that. That's amazing. That's well they done. Filed Somebody's away. been sitting on that. Way to go. Since May the 9th. Right. Having you Waiting in bed. Waiting for the opportunity. Dreaming of Joe Flacco. For Joe Flacco. That's the pillow your dog sits on that's so dirty and gross. That's Now, <laughs> that was when I had some sort of a non-COVID illness right and that was my fever dream where is joe flacco playing and i was writing a story about where he's playing and All i wrote the, the story last in the night world. i wrote That's the story when you know you're deep in the weeds joe flacco Cleveland Browns. All the squad. good thing you could be swimming in, uh, dreaming of swimming in gold swimming in cash fantasy world you're dreaming about joe flacco what the hell's wrong with your brain there's in there? plenty wrong I that know. as my recurring nightmare dreams go <laughs> i was telling our boss sam flood this yesterday i still will have a dream once every couple weeks that when i shifted from practicing law to this full time yeah i had a few cases that i just kind of forgot about right and just didn't do anything more with them <laughs> guys and, guys, guys going to the electric chair no no the lights flickering oh it was bill <laughs> damn it <laughs> but uh no <laughs> it's just like i'm getting in trouble like i'm getting sued for malpractice because i had a case that i just was like ah, oh, the hell with well, that that part it. of my life's over see ya yeah and i still have that or i'll be in court and it's like I don't know what I like. What cases like? Yeah, what is what's, this? Why, why am I here? here? Right. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. I know. So anyway, we all have. Those. Rather, I, I still have it in football terms. Like I what? Do. I would say three or four times a year, I have the dream of I get to the locker room and I'm late, and everybody is out for pregame warmups, and I can't find my equipment, and I'm like, "Where's my shoulder pads? Where's my helmet?" And I'm like in a panic mode. Uh, but I, I guess that's pretty common when you know you work at something well, or love it for. I tell you what, not not to put not to put too much of a damper on the conversation, but you reminded me of a dream that my wife's cousin <laughs> continues to have to this day. It's not funny. Okay, he was going to be on the Marshall plane that went down. Holy crap! And he was injured and he didn't travel. Yeah, and he continues to have the dream of they're leaving without me oh and gosh. I can't find that's my crazy. stuff. Where I can't get my stuff together, there goes the yeah, bus right. with the guys who Holy normally run the plane. Damn, you just got too real. There. I'm sorry, I mean, but again, you made me think just of it. Keep it light and easy here with football. You oh, got damn right, uh, Marshall Plane. Damn it! How do we? How do <laughs> I, we? The anniversary is just last week. That's why I thought. Okay, of it. great, great. Sorry. Okay, let's figure let's, out how you go segue right, to football. How do we now? segue back to football? Can we just go ahead and take a break now and come back before PFT Live right after this? All right, and we're back. The Cleveland Browns defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday, 13-10. You had said 16-13 Browns. I had. Said 16-13 Steelers. Yeah. It became apparent not that long into the game, there's no way in hell 29 points are going to be scored today. <laughs> it's no. just not right. happening. I mean, there's old school, and then there is, are we watching soccer? Are we watching baseball? Like, where are the points in this game? It really was something, though, because as you said, I think you said it in the viewing room, the Steelers – no, the Browns out Steelers, the Steelers. Yeah. Because when I got Miles Garrett on the phone, right. that's the first thing I said to him. I said, well, you out Steelers, the Steelers. He said, oh, so that's what we're calling it? It's like, <laughs> hey, if it works. He said, okay, fine. I like <laughs> but, it. But they did. They did. They did. Because the Browns are up 10 nothing, and then inevitably, here come the Steelers. Right. And it's just the Browns hung around. They finally got their they opportunity. They weathered the storm of the, That's right. the Steelers coming back and getting all the momentum, and they hung in there. And they, they, yeah. and they just kept stifling the Pittsburgh offense Yes, at every turn. Jalen Warren was getting it done and nobody else. Yes. And you can't expect to win a game if nobody else on offense is contributing. And it's because of the Cleveland defense. That's right. Like you said, yeah. best in the NFL. Yeah. They'll put the clamps on anyone. They will. So they do just enough on offense. Right. Dorian Thompson-Robinson builds a tremendous amount of confidence. It will serve him well as the games unfold. That's right. You look at their upcoming schedule. They're at Denver, which all of a sudden, 
Yeah. All of a sudden. Pretty good game. Man. Old school. Whoa. Late 80s. Oh, Browns man. Browns. Getting good again. Wear the uniforms you wore yesterday, Browns, right. for that one. Seriously. And and then they play the Rams. And what I asked Gary yesterday, because I saw that on the schedule, I peeked ahead on the schedule just looking for ideas to ask him. I was like, hey, they're staying out there. And think about that. And we talked about it last night when we do the thing over there at the big desk. Devin McCourty said at one point in 2014 they had one of those. Yeah, double West Coast and, and the value of that. Yeah, right. We see the 49ers week do that. Where you're Coast together. Spot. Yeah. And, you, and not just training camp, not just October, when you're getting ready for the stretch run. Right. And you're all together. Yeah. And everybody kind of signs on yeah. to the same yeah. mission. Right. There's nothing that else That is going to be do. potentially Let's play huge ball. for them. Let's get together. Right. Yeah. In, Part because they got the win yesterday. I yeah. mean, it's a different vibe altogether if the Steelers win that game. But the Browns go to seven and three, and hey, they you you ha- I think you have to take the Browns very seriously Agreed. because if you don't, they'll beat you. Agreed. And when you look at the other teams right now in the AFC, they can beat any of those teams, any of them. They can beat the Dolphins. They can beat the Chiefs. They can beat the Jaguars. They can beat the Texans. They can beat the Ravens. They can beat the Ravens, as we just saw last week. And for them to pivot from beating the Ravens, losing to Sean Watson, and refocusing with a rookie quarterback and beating the Steelers, it really was – it really was amazing. And we got to get used to that. Remember, we went through the whole thing with we can't get used to the Bengals being good. I can't get used to looking at that uniform and associating it with good team. You better do it with the Browns. And I know a lot of you out there have been watching the Browns for a long time and you don't associate it with good team. Get used to it. Associate the Browns with good team. I look for a Browns jersey for you, too. Imagine this. A store at the airport in Pittsburgh didn't have a Browns jersey. <laughs> they had plenty of others. They had Mac Jones jersey. could have got you a Mac Jones wow, jersey. They could have got you an Aaron Rodgers jersey. There's no Browns in there. No Browns to <laughs> no be No market seen. for that in that, yeah. in that airport there. Uh, the, the, you should take the Browns seriously. They're, as we've discussed a lot, extremely talented across the board. It's one of the best old lines in the game. We've talked Joku's a really damn good tight end. The receivers are good. You know, the running backs are good. Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach, is one of the best in football. The defense with Schwartz and what he's doing on that side of the ball. The front seven's as good as anybody in football. And the secondary, in my opinion, especially the corners, might be the best in football. They put a ton of pressure on you. I, I always bring up, they remind me of the 2015 Broncos in a lot of ways. Offense is kind of eh, but the defense is going to make plays, hit you, cause some turnovers. They didn't cause any turnovers yesterday, but to what you said, it was smothering of the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense in every facet except for three plays the whole game. It was a run by Jalen Warren, another run by Jalen Warren, and I think a screen pass yep. to Jalen Warren. Third and long. Like, the, the whole game, was that was all Pittsburgh did on the offensive side of the ball. We know the Pittsburgh offense isn't great, but it had been better as of late. You know, and that certainly didn't happen yesterday. And the Steelers took a a, a, a page out of the, the – I mean, the Browns took a page out of the Steelers' playbook. Hang in there, hit, physical, long drives, right? Chew up some clock. Game gets, you know, down towards the end. Can we be clutch and go down and win the football game? And we've seen them do that a few times this year. You know, they – uh, beat the 49ers late in a football game, and here they are. They beat Pittsburgh late in a football game. I am with you, like we talked about earlier in the show, run game, defense, right? That translates to NFL playoff football, especially when the weather gets cold. And, uh, yeah, I think Cleveland, I, again, I'm not going to say they're in the Super Bowl hunt with DTR at quarterback, but win a playoff game, be a pain in the butt for the best teams in playoffs, certainly. And with that defense, you never know what can, what can happen. I feel like with Pittsburgh, yeah. I noticed this with the Jets a couple of weeks ago. They were still playing hard on defense against the Chargers, even right. though they were the last ones to realize they had no chance. It was twenty to six at the time. The Jets weren't scoring twenty points if they played three games back to back that yeah. night. And then the week after, the Jets' defense crumbles a little more. And then by yesterday, it's like the hell with this. Right. Like, like we just what, what, yeah, what, what are we even out here? Right, I right. feel like. In Pittsburgh, this whole concept of find a way, find a way, find a way, even though we're consistently outplayed, I feel like it's starting to show some it's real wearing cracks. wearing them out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, there's that long drive the Browns had before halftime where they had the play drive. Yeah, where they right. had the three-pointer to make right. it 10 nothing, right. And then the final drive yesterday when you would have thought – when you would have thought that's where the Steelers step up right. and keep a rookie quarterback from driving the ball down the field, 
to get in field goal range and beat you. You would think T.J. Watt and company would be able to do it. But, you know, at some point you're out there and you're thinking, consciously or not, okay, so we stop and we get the ball back, then what? We go to overtime, then what? We're playing for a 10-10 tie. We're going to stick around for another 10 minutes of football so the final score is 10-10 because our offense isn't going to do anything. Our offense is not going to get us in position. Maybe we get lucky and Jalen Warren pops another one, but when it's just him, it's not good enough. Listen to this quote from Mark Caboli's story in The Athletic. And this is on top of Najee Harris saying after the game yesterday, I'm sick of this shit or whatever. Right. Then there was Deontay Johnson getting visibly upset on the sidelines during the second half Sunday, which was significant enough that rookie offensive tackle Broderick Jones had to pick him up and carry him away from a member of the coaching staff. That led to a lengthy sideline talk between Johnson and Coach Mike Tomlin. Do you really think Mike Tomlin wanted to stop everything he was doing yesterday during the game to go calm down some side issue? But it was George Pickens a couple weeks ago. Now it's Deontay Johnson. Frustrations are coming out on the offensive side of the ball, and it just puts even more stress on the defense to hold the rope because you know no matter how many times you deliver the ball back to the offense, especially yesterday, they're not going to do anything with it. And that is a mindset that Mike Tomlin had better wash out of the team quickly, or they're going to go to Cincinnati and lose this weekend. Yeah, I, uh, he does a great job usually of washing that out of their psyche, right? That's the one thing we, we appreciate about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, hey, a receiver, when they're pretty talented guys on the outside and Pickens and Deontay Johnson, and we know how receivers can be. Right, they're they're phenomenal athletes. They feel like you get them the ball, they'll win the football game, and they get a little frustrated. You know, but they don't need to deal with that. And hopefully, that Pittsburgh and Tomlin and everybody they can see the big picture of one. Hey, the offense is never going to be great this year. That's 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 the first point. The second point is there's better days ahead. You know, it, it is the best defense in football. It is a team that can play Pittsburgh in a way where their formula the last few weeks where they did start to run the ball and be a little bit better in that department and be consistent with the run game, where yesterday it was just one big run, basically, right? There, there was some positives to be had there, but they played a team yesterday that has three unbelievable corners who could go, no, we'll play you man-to-man and we'll load the box and we won't let you run or do anything and we're going to suffocate you and we're going to send blitzes and because because your offensive pass game is so simple, we feel comfortable playing man-to-man against these talented receivers on the outside. So th- this was going to be the struggle of all struggles this game for this Pittsburgh offense. This twice they've seen them this year. They haven't really done Jack Diddley squad against this Browns defense. We know that. Uh, but hopefully they can just continue to build on what they did the weeks before and see where it goes. But to think it's going to explode on that side of the ball, you know, that's a fairy tale. That's definitely not happening in Pittsburgh. Here's Najee Harris. I mentioned just a minor piece of his quote yeah. yesterday about his frustrations regarding the offense. Here he is after the game talking to reporters. There's just a lot of stuff that just goes around. It's just, it's just, it's just that you guys don't see. I'm just at a point where it's just like, man, I'm just, I'm just tired of this shit. There's a lot of stuff that goes around that you guys don't see. Yeah. That is not going to do anything to stop the criticism of the coaching staff, of offensive coordinator Matt Canada, no. of quarterback Kenny Pickett. Like, Is he referring to players there that he feels like are being selfish during the week, complaining? I mean, that's almost how I can well, think about well, it. Like that players, some of these players aren't doing what they should. I don't know. I don't, well, I, I, there was I the whole George Pickens thing right. and the reaction to that where he yep. was clearly frustrated in that Thursday night game during and after and the next day yeah. and then he clearly had been called to the principal's office because when they asked him about it oh, I wasn't frustrated what are you talking about flick flick who like he had no idea come on because both Najee Harris and I think Deontay Johnson spoke out at the time about the importance of keeping it in check but then Deontay Johnson goes off yesterday so I just think that when you know that you're being outgained outplayed and not outscored because you've got a horseshoe and or a shamrock in a place where horseshoes and or shamrocks aren't supposed to be, it just it it wears on you, especially when you come up against a team like the Browns that will do that to you, that your offense can do absolutely nothing, and their offense was able to do just enough. That's yeah. the key here. For the Browns to do what they did against that defense is a great sign of what they can do when they face other teams because – 
since they don't face their own defense in a game, yeah. the Steelers' defense may be the best one they see. Yeah. They've been playing great football, right? I mean, you know, the, the Steelers' defense, I think it, it's better than it's even statistically ranked. And, of course, we know they don't let you in the end zone. They make you kick field goals, right? They got kind of torn apart early in the football season that leads to a little bit of a misleading of where their defense is ranked altogether. But the last five, six weeks or so, it's been – hard to do anything and be successful against that Pittsburgh defense. The thing that's encouraging, I think, for the Cleveland Browns, DTR, right? He's had a great preseason. He knows how to play the position of quarterback. Uh, that's the big thing. That's why I liked him coming out in the draft. He knows how to read defenses. He knows how to sit in the pocket, right, go through the progression. He's not looking to run. He's looking to beat you with his right arm and good decisions. And then, hey, if something's not there to throw the football, then he moves and acts accordingly there. And I think yesterday was a big step into getting him more uncomfortable. We talked about it. It was the first time he got to go into a game knowing he was going to be the starter, got all the reps that week. Browns, uh, they got a favorable schedule going forward, certainly, to where you look at it and go, the next four weeks, they're better than the teams they play. I'm not saying they're easy. Every game's going to be tight with Cleveland because their offense isn't good enough, but they certainly should be excited how they continue to battle and win football games. Well, look at it. At yeah. Denver, right. at the Rams, right. Jacksonville. Yeah, okay. That, that's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, December 10. Maybe it gets moved to later in the day. The Bears, week 15, yeah. at the Texans. Right. So three out of their next four, they're better than. Right, but, and then they finish but, with the Jets and the Bengals. But it, Browns games are going to be a lot like your Steelers are. It's going to be close field goal type of football games for the most part, unless the offense gets going in a direction that you know I don't expect it to quite yet, especially with a rookie quarterback who just made his second career start. We'll see where that goes. But here's the question. Christmas I, Eve, though. Right. Christmas Eve, yeah. Browns at Texans in the 1 o'clock window. All of a sudden is like – how do we get that thing into a night spot? Like, I mean, they, they can't the, – the Sunday night game that week is NFL Network exclusive. Christmas it's set. I don't I'm think happy they can, with that. I don't think they can. I'm yeah. happy with that. Yeah, but I just, that, I just feel like there's some of these teams out there that have played their way into primetime, and I really don't know that the pathways are going to be there like they've been in the past. I don't think the NFL cares. I think they're going right now. Everybody's watching every game. The hell with you. Here's it is. It's going to be good. Well, then why did they put in flexing for Thursday Night Football? I, I don't know. Have, they're anybody, not going to use it. I, doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody can flex anything so far this year See, from anything I, I hear. I, I have not yet seen the full rules, but I've gotten the impression in the various conversations we've had and heard that the NFL's kind of painted itself into a corner. With all these rules. They've let too many people that there's have flex mu- rights that, and, and it's too hard to figure out. And they got to protect that's, CBS that's and I've Fox. Heard. Exactly, right. So they got to protect the afternoon right. games and there's too much flexing and how are we going to flex? And, and, and I think the end result is, oh, well, just watch the games that's that are right. on. I think so. Deal with it. Yeah, And know. you know what? We will. We that's will. the thing. Yeah. We will. Would more people tune in if it's a better game, if it's the Cowboys? Well, yes, but people are still going to tune in by game the multiple was good last millions, night. regardless of who's playing in yeah. the game. And me, I th- well, was, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, was gonna, no, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wanted to ask you a question yeah. about you know your second favorite team in the world, the Steelers. The Browns? The Steelers. The Browns? Um, I may have to call them on the Browns bandwagon. I got family members hey, that are big Browns fans. Yeah. Miles Simmons, who works with us, is a big Browns fan. You like to see the people that you know happy. You yeah, know what I sure. mean? Cleveland fans so have suffered for a long board. time. I, I, hear that. I like the style of football they're playing. It is old school, right? So I do like that. It, it is fun, and especially in those uniforms they were wearing yesterday, the Brian Sype cardiac kids Browns uniforms. But if you're, the, if you're the Steelers, here's one thing that I would say. I don't know. I would reverse my order at the running back position. I know Dodgy Harris was the first pick, you know, first yeah. round pick. I think it's time. But I, agree. I would make Jalen Warren the starter right get your team some early pizzazz early playmaking get them going that way and then you have the big guy Najee Harris come in as the game goes along and start wearing on defenders and go oh man we're getting tired and now we got to tackle this big sucker coming through the hole because Najee Harris is a physical presence as far as that's concerned but this is this is the best playmaker the Steelers have on their offense right now I'm not saying he's the best player but because of their past game you know, they're a run-first football team, and Jalen Warren's their best running back to make plays that go above and beyond the scheme there, and, and I think it's time to make that, that change. Well, how about this? Right. How about this? Jalen Warren, nine carries for 129 yards, 14.3 yards per carry. Yeah. The right. long run helps. Right. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 35 yards, 2.9. Yeah. I said this when I saw them live nine weeks ago. 
Najee Harris has no burst, no acceleration. He's got a toughness and he's got a strength. Najee Harris doesn't have that same acceleration that Jalen Warren has. Right. And I came to terms with it a few weeks later thinking, okay, Mike Tomlin's method here is Najee Harris embodies what we are as a team, sure. and we want him out there because he will fight for that extra yard. It should have been two. He'll get three. He'll fight and fight and fight, and I want all my guys to see him fighting and fight like him and fight like hell every single play. But there's a point where you just have to say, wait a minute. we got a guy here who could be special in Jalen Warren. We've got to embrace that. So what if he wasn't a first-round pick? So what if he was undrafted? So what if it in some way makes Najee look bad, the guy that we invested the first-round pick in? we got to ride the guy who's earning it. And there's a point where if you don't give the proper reward to the person who has earned it, the others start saying, yes. what's wrong here? Right. Why are we doing this? Are we trying right. to win? Why are we not playing the guy that makes plays for us every week? And then, wait, why is he doesn't get to play or get touches until we get later in the first half and then into the second half and we realize, whoa, we need to make a play. Let's get Jalen Warren the football. No, let's just start the game with Jalen Warren. Open the field up that way a little bit. You know, make the defense worry about tackling him in space a little bit. Maybe that'll open up some lanes in between the tackles for Najee Harris. I think at this point, with what the Steelers' offense looks like, who who cares, right? And I think Najee Harris is professional enough to understand the situation. Like you said, he embodies the Steeler way. He'll understand, too, and, and be a, a good soldier that way. One more point about the Browns. Yeah. Because I've been thinking about this, and I wanted to ask Miles Garrett about it directly, and I got a chance to yesterday, but... And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. What? We start thinking about MVP. Yeah. Not defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. If the Browns win the division. Right. Definitely if they're the top seed. He's got to get MVP votes. He's got to be on the ballot, the five-person ballot. And maybe he's the winner. Maybe he's the first name down. If the Browns are the one seed in the AFC, because there's nobody else in that team that would deserve it, and he's the heart and soul of that team, and he's dominant. We haven't seen it since Lawrence Taylor in 86, and before that it was Alan Page in yeah, 71. Right. On, that, on that track, it's overdue by about five or six years to happen again. No, more than that, because it was 15 years later. It's been 36 years. It's, yeah. more than, it's long overdue. What the hell am I talking about? My math is worse than usual. But I, I could make the case for him. And I asked him about that. And I said, hey, 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 you know, I'm a voter. Make your, t- tell me why you're the MVP. He said, I don't care. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Anything else is cherries on top. I don't care about any of that. And that's the right attitude. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it's, it's a year that it's, it's there to be had. I think it's fair to have the conversation as we go here. You know, it's cool. One, we got a rookie that's in the MVP conversation in C.J. Stroud. I know we'll talk about him later. But, yeah, it's the best defense in football. He's by far the best player. His import, he should have had a safety yesterday. That was a bad call by the referees. Pickett, the ball did not get all the way across the goal line. So this was a bad call. Should have been reviewed by the NFL. Cleveland should have reviewed it nonetheless here. You know, Pickett goes back on his own. He goes back into the end zone. It wasn't forward momentum. And the rule is the ball has to be completely out Out. of the goal line. And that did not happen there. And we saw enough replays over and over to go, yeah, they they dropped the ball on that one there. But the effect on the football game, whether it's been blocking field goals this year, it's the plays that we talk about, the F the plays up, that he doesn't get a stat for it. But you go, wow, he ruined that play for them. He's It's there this year. And we'll see where it goes. And I look at him, Micah Parsons, uh, and then, of course, Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown, to me, are four guys outside the quarterback realm where there's no quarterback taking that conversation you know, by the, by the horns there this year to where, yeah, it could be somebody else other than that. And that's really the key. What quarterback, other than C.J. Stroud, could you look at and say he's really making the MVP case? Tua was, but... I mean, yesterday, a a bad interception, had another interception dropped, fumbled the ball, right? I mean, yeah, I don't look at it and go, oh, my gosh, Tua's carrying the team, right? Playing really good, I understand that. But as you hear me yelling on every Sunday, I don't know. You tell me who the most valuable player is on that offense. I I, I think it's the guy that I see catching five-yard passes and going go-go gadget legs and then running by everybody for 50 more yards and Tyree Kill. He's got that move, too, where he gives up ground Goes back to get an opening, yeah, and then, and then takes off. Like, yeah. like, let me just take a step back oh, and see where you aren't, right. and that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> exactly right. Um, <laughs> we, we see a couple of MVP, well, three tonight in 
Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and A.J. Brown. So a couple of quarterbacks yeah, getting a chance right. to get our attention and our approval tonight in what should be a big game. We'll talk about that coming up. One last thing about Miles Garrett, and I asked him about this because there was a moment where Kenny Pickett's oh, helmet rolled off. That's pretty good. And it rolled over to Miles Garrett, who picked it up. And he said, when Broderick Jones came over to him, he said, if anybody shouldn't have had that helmet, it's you. <laughs> Look at he says, hey, I'm just trying up. to be helpful. And you can see that yeah, That's great. He that's said, I'm great. just trying to be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> good on Broderick Jones. He's a rookie that he knows the history there behind that whole yeah. moment. If anybody shouldn't have this helmet, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen what happens when you have this helmet. It's not good. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so it was a great game. It was fun. It was fun. And, and like I said, yeah, I thought the Steelers would win. I want them to win. I have my George Pickens jersey ready to go. I, somebody's getting a nice Christmas gift. I don't know who, but I got my George Pickens jersey. And I, they, they, they embroider the signature at the bottom at this store. Don't the, give it the, away. What are you why? talking about? You'll be back on the bandwagon next week, and you'll wear it then. Don't oh, worry. We'll see. we'll see. I don't know. I got to revisit. I got to revisit my second favorite team. <laughs> Cleveland was close to where I grew up too. They just stunk my entire life, and now they don't. When we return, some folks who didn't stink in Week 11 superlatives. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.